This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself. You know, they take the piss out of you because you don't work out. And when you do, they take the piss out of you. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly what happens, though, is that, like, you'll be running and then someone will be, like, honking at you on the street because you're running. Or, like, bitch, you can't win. Like, I can't win. I can't just, like, be here. here. Yeah. (laughs) I know that we're going to have a fight in a minute because I know that we're watching the same thing, but that we probably have very different views. I'm watching and just like a that. A part of that. with the Which, if you don't know, where have you been, um, is the kind of Sex and the City from the older years. It's like the spin-off of it. And it is my favourite thing to hate watch. It's absolutely terrible. We, we are day and night, chunk of cheese. Pretty much, to be <laughs> fair. Like, my idea of a fun yeah. film is one that makes me cry. Like, not a fun film, but like a good Didn't film. Didn't you do that, actually? On the way, when we went up to Liverpool, and we sat in different oh, carriages man. our seats were on different carriages and you watched a film and like one that made you cry whereas I read a book about Anne Boleyn so like... <laughs> I mean if that doesn't sum it up then yeah I watched um, the Netflix documentary I think it's called Take Care of Maya which was about I won't even tell you what it's about but it's just incredibly sad and I cried my eyes on the train but I, like I just found it I love human stories and like life stories I think it's nice to feel things what I don't feel is anything other than pure hatred even though I can't stop watching it for, and just like that I know I so love bad. I just so think bad. you have to we just have to take it that it that it's not Sex in the City because it's not it ain't I know I know and I'm with you and I think it's we've got to say it like it's so starkly different without Samantha I think Samantha made it Sex and the City so without her it's very very different but if we just take it Mm. for the very romantic view of New York the absolutely ridiculous fashion and that's about it then (laughs) then I can cope So today's guest is someone we are redonkulously excited to talk to. She is a yoga teacher, author and body confidence activist who has done some incredible things in recent years, from gracing the covers of multiple magazines to doing naked yoga on OnlyFans. So huge welcome. We are big, big fans to Jessamine Stanley. Hi, Jess. How are you doing? Thank you for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. I'm honoured to be here. Humbled and honoured to be here. Thanks for having me. I already feel like we've just started and in our like pre-five minute chat you know when just someone just gives you good vibes yeah good energy good vibes Jasmine you're good peoples and we like you already (laughs) y'all are good peoples oh my goodness it is a shared of gratitude I love the end of podcast everyone that's it we're all wonderful see you later bye good night (laughs) (laughs) literally (laughs) but I do get the pleasure of asking you this question which is the bag of dicks right and it's basically when something pisses us off (laughs) or we hate or just something's irritating something someone whatever we're like they can go and eat a bag of dicks right so we've now got this thing where we put something into that bag of dicks that's just irritating us so jessamine is there anything that you would like to put into that bag of dicks this week oh my god so many things i watched this movie over the weekend called she said and it's about the harvey weinstein investigation that's what i'm putting in a bag of dicks is um 
being a predator in For general. sure. <laughs> I think you can have that one. I mean, I'm not going to argue there, are we? <laughs> Into the bag of dicks yes, it goes. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so, Jessamine, I wanted to start by asking about your relationship with exercise because I, I don't know about you, but me and Lauren have always had a bit of a tricky relationship with it and kind of always associated it with with punishment. So I wanted to start by asking you, have you always had a positive relationship with movement or is it something that you've had to work on? Oh my God. I have not always had a positive relationship with movement. Like that gives not me at so all. much hope. I can't even tell you. Yeah, oh my God. no. Like I, and my father is extremely athletic and was like, he was like star football player, oh, wow, uh, baseball really? player, but like, and he was an amateur bodybuilder when I was a kid. And like, oh, okay. I just was not at all athletic and mm-hmm. like felt like very uncoordinated and then when I was in college I started getting really interested in losing weight that became like the my focus and I was like really into nutrition blogging and stuff like that and was like really interested in Weight Watchers do y'all have Weight Watchers in the UK yeah yeah, yeah. unfortunately yeah. yes <laughs> totally yeah well so I was like I was just like obsessed with all of this stuff and like that definitely made me get more into movement and doing different kinds of exercises exercise but when I started practicing yoga though I was in a very different place about it by that point I was like very depressed in my life in general and it wasn't like yoga like I feel like you talk about depression and then talk about yoga and it's like (laughs) there's this idea that like maybe yoga can cure depression no like yoga just whatever I'll come back to that but I felt like I wanted to go to yoga just to feel better not it was not about being athletic or sh- like doing these moves or anything like that and um that was a really different place to come to physical exercise too like before that it had always been like like how can i get stronger like how can i change my body but with yoga it was always just like i just want to feel better i love what you just said there about like how you know when you came to yoga you were in a different place and it wasn't about the physical i've had a bit of a change in my perception of and enjoyment of movement recently because I'm now coming at it from I don't care about what I look like I just want to feel better I want my brain to stop feeling like it's trying to sabotage me and mm-hmm. like at the time of recording this sort of I'm like what maybe eight weeks into walking every day so I'm doing all I'm going to do is walk in and the transformation of my brain is insane and it is now I'm so pleased that we're doing this episode with you now because I'm like I really want to listen to you and I hope people listening to this episode will be the same of like perhaps this is the moment where some of our relationships about and with exercise can change because we're coming at it from a different place like I think it's such a flyaway comment sometimes although you know like movement and exercise can help your brain but actually when you're in a position where it is it's like it's powerful oh my goodness deeply powerful and something that you said just reminded me of how like now when I'm moving my body what feels really good to me is when I just feel like a kid again because there was a time like at least for me when I was a child where I was not concerned about like what my body looked like or how fast I could run like I would just like turn cartwheels or run up the street just because it felt good to do it and that feeling of just like youthful innocence still lives inside of me and so being able to tap into that and be like 
how can I enjoy this in a way that would make six-year-old me really proud is like the best way to move because like who cares what it looks like or like how long you do it or what anyone else thinks of it yeah it's about getting playful isn't it I think we definitely forget like when do we stop playing as kids because that was fun I never thought of that as exercise like Mm -hmm. it was just running around playing knock down ginger around the front of my house and I don't know what is knock down ginger um it's where you like you go and knock on strangers doors and run away (laughs) yeah Yeah, some Karen being like I'm gonna cover the place Oh, Karen. Oh, no. Karen was like, do not run up on my house. Why are you doing this? Oh, my God. And now we're the Karens, right? Because if some kid knocked up, right, ran up on my door and I'd be like, I'm going to call the police. (laughs) I've just got to interrupt because our producer has just (laughs) sent me a message while we're recording saying that she fully meant (laughs) knock down ginger meant knocking down a ginger person. That's what I thought it meant, to be completely honest. (laughs) Hold on a minute. Physical abuse of someone with red hair we are not here for that we are not <laughs> condoning that at all but it just made me laugh at that that's what she that's thought it was so sorry funny. just oh, carry on that's so funny i was just <laughs> talking about weight watchers that one thing that i really appreciated about weight watchers was the community around talking about food so mm-hmm. like just like being in meetings and just like talking to other people about food because Our relationships with our bodies are so complex and they're very emotional. And I think that the whole conversation about nutrition and health and weight loss is very intellectual and it has nothing to do with like the truth of who we are as people. And I think that just having more spaces where it's okay to be vulnerable and talk about who you are as a person, not that you need to change your body or that anything needs to happen, but just that you can acknowledge really that you have a body and that it is complex. Like that feels really sacred to me. And so I don't, I'm not at Weight Watchers, but I did appreciate that piece of the going there. I think you're so right. The community element like is definitely like, it is a positive and we do, you know, I'm conscious that we do talk quite negatively about like weight loss groups. And I think the reason why I do that is because they, they obviously are there to kind of like to get your money. And I think they don't really address the emotional reasons why we eat. And it's all about earning food. And I think that's personally wrong. But you're so right, actually. There is a community element to, to it, which I think can be really helpful. What I would really love to see personally is a group where weight loss isn't discussed but we talk about like literally like how we felt this week of like what we've eaten and what how we've exercised or moved our bodies and how that's made us feel and I feel like if we had that kind of community without the horrible diet culture like taking our money and making us feel shit about ourselves then I think that would make us all like so much healthier and happier um, and not sort of jumping on a sad step and being like, you've lost a pound this week. What happened? Essentially group therapy, isn't it? Like, do you know what I mean? And I think this is, (laughs) this is now basically, you've got a bunch of 20, 30, 40, 50 plus year olds out there who did the, did the weight loss thing, did the groups that still want that. I love what you've said there, Jessamine. I've never thought about it that way. That community thing of, we would still want to talk about food and we still want to talk about our body image and stuff, but we want it to be in a positive place. I also think this is why we have a Facebook group with our podcast. Yes. And I think that's why it does very well mm-hmm. because it's that, I think it is that for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really amazing. I feel like that would be a better investment from the government. I actually read this morning that the UK government has funded 700 different initiatives to combat the obesity crisis. I do that in air quotes. You know, I'm sure some of it's good, but 
so much of it hasn't worked. And like, I always think with that, I'm going off on a tangent here, but like, have they actually consulted fat people? Right. No, is the <laughs> answer. Yeah, yeah like, totally. Yeah. For God's sake. Totally. Like, I think that there are, there's so little respect for fat people that there's a feeling of like, we know what's best for you. Or like, well, like I know what yeah. you should do. And it's like, mm, if you're going to spend, gov- if you're going to spend tax money on it, like, I just think that we should be a little bit more pragmatic in the approach. But, you know, whatever. Honestly, I'm like, okay. And I, it's frustrating. I was watching, there's a show called This Morning, which is like a, a really big show in the UK. It's been very controversial lately. I don't know if you've heard anything about it. But it's like the biggest kind of breakfast morning show. And there was a woman on there this morning, they were talking about the obesity epidemic. They were talking about this new AI thing that basically it's a camera that kind of goes above your ear and it watches what you eat. And then you replay it at the at night and then you can see like, it tells you like, you shouldn't, you should have eaten this, should have eaten that. Scary anyway one of the breakfast presenters was like i mean it's just so simple isn't it just eat less move more and i'm like like it it really it really is not as simple as that if it was we'd all be fucking skinny wouldn't we it's very complicated it's very nuanced and i really do hate that and like no acknowledgement of privilege there either like oh like i'm saying this from someone who's in a very privileged white slim middle class middle-aged body like nothing like that at all and it just really it does really frustrate me uh, when people say that because i think I think so many people like like me and Lauren have a complicated like relationship with exercise because of like phrases like that and like because exercise has been kind of forced on us as a way to earn food or burn calories and I think that's why we love you so much is because like you're really reclaiming it and bringing the joy back into it and that's that's so key and that's what we need we need more more people like you and less people like her. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, I think that there is so much trauma that people are experiencing that they don't even realize that they're experiencing. And it comes out in like body shaming other people that it's like, like, wow, damn, like you hate your body so much that you want to make sure that other people hate their bodies, too. And that's what I always think anytime that I'm like, trolled or that anyone has any kind of negative feedback is that I'm like wow they're really just figuring their thing out and like the the onus is then on me to totally own who I am as a person and to not be impacted by the or to not carry somebody else's shit but like that is so real and it's really hard whenever that kind of perspective is shared with a nation because then there are so many children who are seeing that and then that is their reality. So it's, it is a very interesting cycle. I feel you. Yeah, you're so right. It's, it's um, you know, this whole podcast really and, and stuff that we do online is about kind of, you know, us accepting ourselves in the face of potentially getting shitty comments from family members, friends, colleagues, strangers on the internet. And then the onus comes to us for us to be like fully all right with it, not the onus on the other person to stop projecting their issues whatever that may be that then are mirrored into them just being horrible to us for no reason because if they're unhappy and they see a fat person being happy and finding joy and it makes some people so angry Mm. exactly Mm. literally it's like it to see a fat person not hate themselves (laughs) is the exact opposite of what a lot of people have been told that they are supposed to Mm. think and it's mainly like 
how come you can do that if I can't do it? So they're like mad at you for living your truth. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, no one said you can't do it. Like, (laughs) I don't think like, I'm just like, I don't know how to tell you that you can do it too. Other than saying like, you can do it too. It is just a really interesting time that we're living in because there is over the last 10 years, so much has happened to like evolve the idea of body positivity and body acceptance and body liberation And at the exact same time right now, I think it's kind of a response to the pandemic and like weight that people put on during the pandemic. But like there's this shift toward like body negativity and like this like um, pounds in and pounds out and like you can tell like focus hyper focus on nutrition. And it's just really interesting to see how we're all responding to that as a society. And like that it comes in waves and all of these things are trends. But I just, I like seeing that body liberation is still something that we're talking about and heralding. Yeah, definitely. I think we've definitely made progress. I I think sometimes when you kind of look at the body positivity movement, like what it was supposed to be and like what it is now, like that kind of feels a bit like off to me. I don't know. Do you have any mm. thoughts on that? I think it is all just trends. Like I think that, so to me, like, Body positivity really came out of fat positivity, which and fat acceptance, so much of which really started in like the 60s and 70s and like has been moving along steadily. Like there there have been times where it's trending and times where it's not trending. And like now we're in this time where like I think especially over the last like five to 10 years, there was a big like saturation in the media about body positivity but it got the message got very washed out where it's like it became a lot about like ultimately like white not that fat very much like feminine there was like a focus on femininity Mm. it's not very inclusive and all of that just really made the message very small so that that message i Mm. think has been like kind of pushed out or is like not that interesting ultimately but i think that what what body positivity actually is this idea that like it's okay to be yourself like that you are okay today exactly as you are i think that message is timeless and it's really interesting too to see kids just inherently understand it so you know i think we'll just see like how we'll see yeah it's important it's interesting what you were saying there about the pandemic and i think people's attitudes did definitely change because they were like i think a lot of people did put on weight and then i think a lot of people have more empathy for people in bigger bodies because they were like oh okay i get it now my my genes don't fit this is affecting how i feel people may be treated them differently so there was a bit more empathy and understanding and then i think it very quickly went from that to shift the quarantine 15 and all of this kind of like garbage and bullshit and then yeah I, th- I feel like sometimes the internet is divided into like extremes of like what I eat in a day you know very very small like and it's all aesthetic and health and nutrients and macros and calorie deficits to then sometimes like the kind of the other end of just like you know be free to be who you are which I, I completely love but then we get from accused of promoting obesity so it's it's really tricky I think that there's a need for us to, as a society, to get past this idea of good and bad in humanity. That like, what if there's just no metric for what it means to be human? What if at some point in your life you will experience 
a high weight. So everybody has their lowest weight. Everyone has their highest weight. Sometimes you're very flexible. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're really active. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're eating certain things. Sometimes you decide not to eat certain things. But that it doesn't mean that you're a bad or a good person. And like that idea of just trying to strive for being a good person is really hard and it wears on you your whole life, like trying to just get to a place where you're good because the reality is that then you are never good because the standard, the metric is always changing. So I just, if we can start to have a more nuanced conversation about obesity, a more nuanced conversation about the way that our global community is feeding itself. Like that is a, that's something that I think would be beneficial. It speaks to how we treat ourselves. It speaks to how governments see their people, like all of these different things. But um, because we're still just stuck in this paradigm of like being good or bad, it makes the arguments really, really small. So we'll see what happens, but it's very interesting to be a part of. Mm-hmm. We need again. We need fat people in the room where it happens, like in those off government offices, in in those brand meetings, and and all that kind of stuff. And I just think, you know, I've been really thinking about it for the last few weeks about, you know, where all this judgment comes from from other people about glorifying obesity and all of that argument. What where does that come from? And, and they just don't understand it because they haven't got lived experience of it. And I, it just it baffles my mind. If you don't understand something, doesn't mean you get to be cruel about it. Like be a decent mm. human being. <laughs> you know, I think that cruelty is such a huge part of how human beings operate. And like, it's such a huge part of how so many of us were socialized as children, like that we think that that the only way to respond to something that you don't understand is to be harsh and to be mean and critical and I just think it's, for me, it's all in the noticing. It's like, just notice that this is happening. Try not to take it personally and mm. then move forward from there. But like, it's cruelty is very interesting to me as a human experience. I feel you. So you did a couple of things recently, which created an enormous backlash online. Mm-hmm. You did an ad for Gatorade. Tell us what Gatorade is for those of us in the UK that don't don't know what it is. I didn't know it was not in the UK. That's amazing. It is a delicious energy drink. It's really good whenever you're exercising. <laughs> so you want commission? Love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yes, Gatorade. Yes, yeah, so you did Gatorade and you're also in women's health. You did a naked shoot for and them. Damn, you? girl, you look fine. Oh, like, yeah, honestly, can we just, sorry. Like, we just need to say how great you look. <laughs> can't get like we'll talk about the backlash to it but one of the things was obviously oh like how can you be healthy at that size i'm sorry you're doing the splits like (laughs) i just don't that's and so i guess that's the that's my response to the backlash like i actually forgot that there was backlash to both of those things i just don't really feel that connected to people who are like how could you be healthy at that size that's such a small way of understanding the world that it just to me shows how little people know and and that it doesn't need to be like like oh my god you don't know anything it's just like no they don't know about stuff so like that's fine you can be healthy at any size and that it really doesn't matter what you look like it's not gonna actually tell you that much about what's going on inside of a person Mm. it's usually people who are just very insecure with themselves and unhappy in their lives in general and i think that 
any time that people are trolling or are bullying you, it's always because they are sad themselves. Because if you are feeling secure and happy with yourself, you don't bully other people. It just doesn't work that way. Mm. I've been in a number of Adidas ads also that are like all over the world. And there's always people who just like, so they cool. have right. It's like, it's cool. And then I think about like the children who will see that, who have never like, mm. they're growing up in a completely different world. And if what's required for them to have that new experience is for me to have to get over my middle school baggage of people making fun of me, like I can take that. And I feel like that's fine. So it all just balances for me in the end. Do you know how much, how wonderful it made me feel to hear you say, oh, that you forgot that there was any backlash to it and your attitude towards that? Because I'm, you know, ahead of you coming on today, I watched the Gatorade ad on YouTube and I watched a part of I couldn't get through it all because it just made me really upset that's a Good Morning Britain thing with Piers Morgan about the the magazine oh, shoot yeah totally and mm-hmm. I <laughs> spent 12 seconds looking at the comments on each and I felt so upset and triggered and I was like oh, yeah. it just felt like people were saying that we don't belong in the fitness space and again it comes back to this like mm-hmm. you know they take the piss out of you because you don't work out and when you do they take the piss out of you do you know what I mean that's exactly what happens though is that like you'll be running and then someone will be like honking at you on the street because you're running <laughs> or, like you're in the gym like you're like trying to enjoy like working out at the gym and then it's like people are making fun of you at the gym and it's like bitch you can't win like I can't win I can't just be here yeah (laughs) a part of that with the comments for example and even that Pierce Morgan piece like I haven't read the comments and I don't when I heard that he talked about me I was like wow slow news day you know like I'm just kind of like cool (laughs) so you decided to talk about me and honestly I'm like oh wow that's a really outdated opinion that's kind of awkward that's not going to age well and you don't care about it aging well so whatever so that's my general feeling about him and anyone who would do that but then the comments like I just don't read them because they are so triggering for me and it always brings me back to that like that part of me that is in middle school that like felt ashamed of myself and I'm just like I don't need that energy in my life and and I can just assume that someone is going to say that and I think that in general about putting stuff on the internet is like if you do anything worthwhile somebody's gonna talk shit about it and like somebody's gonna have like a very negative opinion and I'm just like to me at this point it's like a mark of success because it's like you made somebody feel something real. Like they really connected with it. And yes, it brought up negative feelings for them, but it had impact. So to me, it just, again, like it just all balances in the end. That doesn't mean that the emotions aren't there and it doesn't mean that it's not hard to deal with, but it's just like, if you, it's like go big or go home. Mm. I really appreciate that. And I think I needed to hear that because recently I've been feeling really much like, like, not afraid to like share stuff but just the fear of like other people's opinions it just got too much the noise of of everybody's voices and like mostly like instagram's a really lovely safe and a wonderful place but just lately i've noticed that it it hasn't been so much for that and so it kind of feels easier to share like a highlight reel of stuff rather than like the Mm, real the raw the raw stuff and i think i really love your attitude i think like it's just a really nice way to to live a philosophy to live by of just living your life authentically and not worrying about what other people's opinions are it doesn't really matter does it like we just need to be 
true to ourselves and live our lives authentically and like majority of people like I, th- I think you know are good and if you get good energy back you're great and if you don't then uh, I'm just not I'm not here for it I just I'm quite happy to just cut people out that's <laughs> like, right literally certain yeah. family members that think I'm promoting obesity I'm like cool 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 I'll see you at the next family reunion bye-bye literally I'll catch you at Thanksgiving <laughs> like I don't need to be like I'm at a place where it's like I only want people and vibrations around me that are offering me light and love because there is so much darkness in this world that like it's that's coming regardless but like I don't need to surround myself with people that are not making me feel good about myself and it sucks whenever it's people in your family because it's like you want to be able to be close with them but like at the same time at the expense of your mental health nah Mm. bruh nah (laughs) yeah Is there anything that you can say to people? So I'm, I'm, I'm talking about me, but also I know everyone will feel the same that, you know, sees people making those kind of comments, whether it's about you or something else or have, you know, been brought up in this world where people say this kind of stuff about fat people and feel so alienated from the fitness industry. Like, is there anything you could say to me and also everyone else <laughs> <laughs> to make me. it, to please help me, to, to like in, assure people that they feel and are welcome within the fitness and movement and that industry because I want to do yoga. Are we going to talk about that in a second, please? <laughs> I mean, I think the, the main thing that I try to remind myself is that I deserve to be here because I am here. Like there's no amount of like, like I don't need to change more to deserve to be exactly where I am by nature of literally being born. You matter. Your presence matters and it will impact other people and they will have feelings about it. And that is your prerogative to decide if you want to let the opinions of other people be the standard for how you're going to show up as a human being. But just know that you matter because you are here. So tell us about yoga, how you got into it, how it affects and impacts your relationship with your body. Essentially, I'd love to get way more into it. And your content that you create when you are doing yoga content is just so wonderful and magical that it makes me want to do it. Oh my God. I feel like all of my yoga, like when you're looking at my yoga practice, you are literally looking at my trauma. Like it is only because of <laughs> oh, my wow. like, deeply, like, well, yeah. Cause I think that whenever people talk about practicing yoga, it's like, Oh my God, it makes me feel so calm and chill. And like, I just feel so good about myself. And just like all this shit that it's like, nobody who's really into yoga, everybody who's into yoga is only into it because it is healing something very oh. traumatizing in their life. So like for me, okay let me back up so I started practicing yoga when I was in graduate school this was like when I was in my early 20s and I had a friend who was really into yoga and she was like oh my god come to class with me you're gonna love it and I had actually done yoga once when I was in high school and I just hated it I was like this is the actual worst thing in the entire (laughs) world I talked about it in my book everybody yoga so if you're curious if you want to hear about a yoga hating experience it's there (laughs) but like when she was like come to yoga with me I was like I'm not doing that and And I also really thought it was like only for thin white women. So I was like, I don't know that I need to be doing this. 
I ended up going and what I really loved about it was not that I was particularly good at it. Like everything about it seemed impossible to me. Like even just to sit with my legs crossed felt impossible to me. And like all of the breathing exercises, I didn't know that breathing was so challenging. Like it was really hard for me. And like, I also was like frequently the only fat person, frequently the only black person. Like it was just a very alienating experience. But what it showed me was how often in my life I tell myself I can't do it. The postures are very challenging to do, especially like to practice yoga where it's like you're doing flow yoga and moving from one pose to the next. It's really hard. And I think that's one of the things that turns people off of yoga is like you go to class and you're like, this is stupid. Every part of this is hard. Like, I'm not trying to do this. I came here to feel good. But what ends up happening is that you're being forced to feel your emotions. Because so often in life, we try to pretend that we don't have emotions or you try to like only feel the good emotions or only try to feel happy. But for me, it has been really transformational to feel all of my feelings and yoga facilitates that. And then I started sharing that yo that practice on social media. And this was like when Instagram first came out and there were some yoga people on there. And really, I wanted to connect with other yoga people because I just felt very isolated in my home practice. But what I had a lot of people, mostly I had people be like, I didn't know the fat people could do yoga. And I was like, why do you think fat people can't do yoga? Fat people do all kinds of things all the time. Like clearly we just have a visibility issue. And so I kept sharing my yoga practice because it is a way to show that fat people are not just the before and a before and after picture. Like we are everywhere doing all kinds of things all the time. So true. Like representation, we talk about it all the time on this podcast, but it's so, so important. And if you don't see yourself like represented, then you do, you automatically think you can't do it. I have always thought like that yoga wasn't for me up until, you know, very, very recently. And that's why I think what you're doing is, is so incredible. And talk to us about naked yoga. Because that's something that you've been doing more recently, isn't it? Yes. So, well, so I had always been practicing yoga naked, but I just started sharing it recently. And a part of that was that when you start practicing yoga, it really does open you up to understand yourself a lot better. And that means that in order to like really engage with my body, I've needed to take my clothes off to really look at it and really hold it. And that is something that like as a fat person... I was not told to do like as a kid, it was always like cover yourself up as much as possible. So for me, just to look at myself naked is revolutionary. And I find that it's the same experience for other people as well. But also, when you're practicing yoga naked, you can really get into the anatomical details of the practice in a way that is very challenging to do when you're wearing clothing. And all of it is like, I think it seems crazy because we live in a world where like, it's a deeply patriarchal world where we're supposed to be ashamed of ourselves and the whole system functions by us feeling shame. But to take ownership of your body through looking at it in the nude, that is like a slap in the face to the patriarchy. And so that's why I started sharing my naked yoga practice, because I think that if all of us can come into a better connection with our body, it will actually start to heal much deeper systemic wounds that are all over the world. And it says on washing. Fabulous. <laughs> Just, you know, from a practical point of view. <laughs> so, for example, so what would you say to someone who is looking to start it? In person, online, mix of both, naked, not naked, other people, no one. 
all of it (laughs) (laughs) i would say literally start from where you are right now like don't go out and buy anything don't join any studios or anything literally just like if you found a picture online of a yoga pose maybe it's warrior one two child's pose whatever just practice that pose without a yoga mat then that process will teach you why a yoga mat is awesome why it's really helpful then get a yoga mat and or look for free classes on youtube there are so many free resources sources and like you'll get to learn about lots of different styles of yoga you'll get to see different teachers because not every teacher and not every style is going to resonate for you and it's not supposed to so like if you try a class and you're just not into it don't keep doing it find another teacher but like just try move along and then over time you'll start to see like the styles that you really like and you'll start to find the supplies that you really like but the reality with yoga is that you don't actually need any tools you don't need a teacher in order to do it because ultimately every part of the practice is just leading you back to the teacher that lives inside of you so just start from where you are don't spend any money and then over time let your practice develop and it's really awesome to build that kind of self-awareness at home in a home practice because if you practice yoga at home then you can practice yoga in any environment you can practice yoga with any any teacher at any studio because you have the confidence that you've honed at home the last question we wanted to ask you jessamine was about how it's been for you carving out a space for yourself as a queer black woman in a bigger body in the traditionally white traditionally kind of smaller bodied wellness space you know it has been hmm It has been. been. It's been very complex. I think that, you know, I've I've been fat and black and queer my whole life and I have felt the same level of alienation at every step and it all just has felt the same, which is just like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to do it because I have. And now I feel this like very strong connection to legacy and this feeling of like, I can see in my work, my grandmothers and my aunts and my mother. And I feel like I'm carrying a legacy that they set forth. And, and it feels like in the moments where it's very lonely and there are moments where it is extremely lonely. Like I have a wellness community, the underbelly and that we're frequently up in the same category as like Pell and this all of these companies are run by like they're run by white guys you know it's not people that look like me and so there's a lot there's a lot of times where I feel very much by myself and lonely and in that I think about the number of people who are just like me who feel the exact same way and that we're all out here together trying to figure out how to be ourselves and do our thing and so i feel and find a lot of community through that even even not being standing side by side with someone but knowing that like from a distance we're all connected so yeah I mean I would say that it's lonely but that the rewards are worth it and that ultimately the impact in the long term is what I tend to think about that's so powerful thank you for sharing your story and your positivity your outlook is genuinely and I'm not just saying this because you're here it's really inspiring and I think so many of us are going to take something from this conversation you're fighting the good fight and we bloody love you (laughs) y'all are great oh my god this has been a very empowering conversation yay well thank you so much thank you guys so much for listening to this episode we really hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back with a new episode next week but if you want more of us in the meantime make sure you follow us on instagram at go love yourself pod and join our facebook group go love yourself community 
or if you'd like to get in touch with us you can email golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk and you can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts where you can get ad-free and early episodes for just £1 a week or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music thanks for listening and we'll see you next week bye Crowd Network, a place where you belong.